Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Four Blades in the Pub. And I'm John, and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Dan. Good evening. Evening, chaps. Philip. Good evening. Ian. Hello. <laughs> Considering a few seconds ago he's masticating some pasta, that was quite the introduction. Uh, but yeah, we beat Tottenham Hotspur last night at Bramall Lane with a makeshift side without our most consistent sort of spine of the team in Norwood and Egan being missing. Um, we rarely had, we're rarely under any pressure. It was a fantastic performance. You three got to go. I got to watch it on TV. And it must have been good, so I found myself agreeing with Martin Keown. Um, but yeah, Dan, how did you see the game? Because I thought we were outstanding. Yeah, like you, uh, I'll be honest. wasn't wasn't confident in the in the run up at all. Was even less confident when I saw the side. I thought, you know, Spurs could win this comfy. Yeah? Um, expectation when I saw the side was don't get hammered. You know, don't come out of this losing four five nil. Um, but I thought we were outstanding. First off, we didn't offer a great deal going forward. Obviously, Cooler Valley had that chance towards the end but we didn't but but we were solid we were really solid defensively and then setting, we definitely grew into the game in the second half whether that was a bit of confidence because we suddenly realised actually these aren't any great shakes and we suddenly thought we've got a chance here but yeah as the game went on um, we, we definitely grew into it and, and the subs were you know we've criticised Deckingbottom before for his subs but I thought he got his <coughs> subs right they kind of came on and influenced the game they changed the game Berger looked like Berger won a header, which is that tells you kind of how well he played. He actually won a header off the ground. Which is, Not only that, he, he caught up with Son in a foot race as well. We've talked about his pace before, haven't we? And yeah. I think he showed it, although he fell over as, as he actually say, got to he, did, him, but... he didn't cover himself in uh, glory at the end of that exchange, getting out muscled by somebody who weighs about six stone. But um, yeah, it, Berger looked amazing and also considering when he came on he Ben Davis didn't do anything to him but his momentum sent him smashing into the advertising audience like and I don't you might not have in the ground noticed how bad that actually it, was. it was down in front of me and he because he, he cleared the advertising audience and actually crashed and, yeah. into the railings didn't he yeah and it, it was, was hurdle. I couldn't see where I couldn't see what happened I thought he was hurdle the advertising audience but then I yeah couldn't see from right. Davis barely touched him either. Like people just his like, momentum that took him over. Yeah, yeah. So it was. I mean, how do we talk about that performance in it? Like every single player deserves some praise, but I think the logical place to start is with the three centre halves. Ian, would you agree? I'd agree. I think I, I was going to say I think it was a I think it was a tactical masterclass by Hickingbottom last night because it, the aim was to clearly to soak it up. The, the subs were clearly planned for an hour and try and get, I think they were trying to get through to 60, 65, 70 minutes and then potentially, if the opportunity's there and we're still in it, to cut loose a little bit more and change that shape because we, we'd left Sharp on his own up front. But to do that, obviously we had a lot of passing across the back and it never it came came back to us quite a bit first half and I thought the, I thought the back three were outstanding. You, you could go from the tackles that Robinson and Basham put in that just... We were talking about this on Radio Sheffield earlier with, with Adam Oxley. It just lifted the ground to another decibel level when those tackles went in. We talk, and, we talk on the pod about the impact an incident or something can have on the crowd 
on an already quite a passionate, noisy ground last night, it just went through the roof. And I'll let the others talk about it a bit more because they were discussing it at half time how well Anel looked playing in the middle of the three. He just looks so comfortable on the ball. Well, what I, what I loved about Anel's performance is for the first time since we've had him, his sole job was to defend rather than get involved in anything else. And he did it magnificently. It was, it's like, we've always sort like said, haven't we, that Egan gets a lot of grief and sometimes it's probably unfair because he's in the middle of the three trying to marshal them as well as doing his own job. He was absolutely fantastic analyst. And they were touching it on, on it on the commentary. Like, obviously, I didn't know how high his stock was outside of, like, people who regularly watch championship football. But it's clear that people are like, oh, he's going to step up. He's he, he's going to be playing in the premiership no matter what and things like that. And that performance, he's, he's not kept, you know, a run of them. It's not like he's had a Neil Mopai in his pocket there. He's had Richarlison, a £60 million centre-forward who started up front for Brazil in the World Cup two months ago. Amazing. The, the, I mean, it, it was it was, it was was really good on the ball. He brought the ball out well. But the like I said, he defended really well. That The first half, when, when obviously Brooks gave the ball away and put... Was it Mora? I think he put Mora in, didn't he? And he could have... He could have gone straight across to him, in which case it would have opened the it would have opened up the side. But he just he held his position, he held his position, he split him for as long as he could, and then when Mora got to a stage where he could tackle and came across, perfectly executed tackle, came away with the ball, brilliant, just just a, a fantastic, fantastic defensive performance. It was so calm as well. So yeah, his his tackling and his reading of the game and everything like that. But when he did get himself into positions through nicking it off them or, or back passes to him or, or whatever. He was so calm with the way that he, he played out, be that stepping inside, taking a man on and playing it sideways or putting it out wide or, or what, whatever he did. It, it was almost a perfect centre-back performance from, from an L. But I think yeah. a, a lot of credit, we've, we've talked about the back three, but a lot of credit needs to go to the, the two. There were definitely full-backs first half in, in Baldock and Osborne. I think we've missed Baldock's. Um, I don't. I don't know what the word aggression. is. Will to, yeah, aggression, will to win, fight that he puts up, everything about the way he plays. I think as much as Bogle's a good player, I think we've missed that, and I think he set a little bit of a tone quite early on when Perisic tried to push him over, and he just held on to his arm, and yeah, just stood up, stood up, and he just he just stood up to a, a World Cup <coughs> finalist, a player that's played. X amount of international games, played in Champions Leagues, and he showed he weren't going to get bullied. And then on the other side, the the wonder that is the fullback that is, that Ben, Os- ben Osborne seems to have become. Either side, he, he was just as good yeah. right side. Super brilliant. Left and right back last night. Yeah, I think we're giving him some. He's, he's had some state and he's not, But I agree. I thought the move of putting him in at right back naturally. When, when we did it, was a worry. I thought, I thought actually, he was outstanding in that right-back position. He did it at back end of last season, didn't he? he did. Yeah, he did. Well, they were, the, the sub was particularly clever because that spicy Pedro at right-back, he was playing like a fucking right-winger. The, the space was, was there for low. 
So Lowe came on and he had a lot of joy down there. And that was inevitably the side that NGI did the damage from. In the I was, I was chuckling to myself last night that the prospect of Eckingbottom turning around to the bench at 60 minutes and went, right, right, Ben, get yourself stripped, you're on, then going, fuck, where is he? Oh, shit, he's already on. <laughs> It's obviously the law that he brings Ben Osborne on after an hour, so that 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 did make me chuckle. He was, I, I mean, it, it, the subs were good, but I mean, it, it's easy to make good subs when you bring in on your best players. Um, but like uh, in in sort of Ber, like Berger and Jai, but like they did, it, it took some balls to take Boltock off for the reasons you mentioned, Philly. He, he'd had a he had a chop at Sun, which he got a yellow card for. But let him know that he were and the Perisic thing. They were both like it was a bit of a Mexican standoff where they both got hold of each other's shirts. And Baldock just was looking straight through this like quite menacing Croatian fellow who was doing the same back. And I, it, it was also at the time the, the menacing Croatian fellow didn't like having a ball kicked against his shins. Yeah. He booted it at um, he booted it at Baldock to get a corner at one point as well. Which yeah. was quite funny, and Baldock just looked him say, "Fuck off!" You I, I thought Perisic when 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 he went off injured, when Baldock obviously when, when they went in for that 50-50, because they'd never said the spat before. I was thinking this is good because Perisic is going to come on here and he's going to be steaming and he's going to smash into Baldock and get himself sent off. I will say though, with VAR, the Baldock challenge on Perisic, although he pulls out, I think might have been given as a red. Because really? he's just doing really? it. The one that, the one that injured him, the one where Perisic went off. Where he had his shin pad off and everything. His studs are showing and he, he pulls out Baldock, but the impact is on his shin with his studs raised like that. Did he not win the ball? See, I thought it were a block tackle. I thought it were a block tackle. I I I was I, if they'd been VAR, I'd have been a bit nervous about that one. But anyway. I think you said about him coming off was was ballsy or whatever. I think that that was probably always the plan with him being out mm-hmm. as long as what he has. Yeah. But that, for me, that's one of the real. Obviously, the massive positive is the fact that we won the game and we've got a tasty quarterfinal, uh, semi quarterfinal coming up in a few Calm weeks. Down, Phil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <ranks> <laughs> it, the fact that Baldock's got an hour in his legs. Tommy Doyle, who hasn't played many ninety minutes. For a long time, got 90 minutes in its legs, and I'm sure we'll come on to his performance in a bit. Basham, who's gonna be playing the next two games, has got 90 minutes in his legs. All these little positives add to just a fantastic night for us. Everything that could have gone right went for went right for us. We've got that squad. We're gonna need that squad for the running, of course. And we're giving and this cut run, the panic that it yeah we've got but actually with the way we're managing it by using those players. And winning is giving them game time that they need because we're going to need to call upon them. He probably as well last night in a way, because obviously like not massively convincing against Watford by any stretch of the imagination, and obviously we beat Wrexham in the end. But it almost puts, pardon the Hollywood term, it puts the curtain down on this sort of like little blip and dodgy performances which have followed like the circus of playing Wrexham a couple of times. I thought it was quite interesting what Heckingbottom said. I don't know if you've listened to his interview today, but he he kind of said last night, we might not have got that performance had we have started with the regulars, so to speak. Right. That's interesting. Very mm. interesting. And I think he was just meaning that players coming in have got a point to prove from the off where, rather than those that are there doing it 
week in, week out. Yeah. But it was, I just thought it was quite telling to come out and speak like that in the interview straight after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, you, you mentioned him just then, Phil. That performance from Doyle, I didn't think he had that range of passing in him. I'm not sure I did, you know. He was drilling things at angles. He was controlling little, little pop, just doing the sort of like Norwood, don't know the technical term for it, but like a give and go, but just to create an angle, like that he, he was taking stuff off certain balls. He was drilling into people. He was whipping things around, and he and he wanted the ball constantly, and it, and it that's was... always a great thing to have, and even as well. Not to criticise him so much, but especially with Cooler Barley kept dropping a bit, probably a bit too deep and getting too close to him. But Doyle was just running the show. It was amazing to see it, him it, play that well. It was a, a almost like a peak Norwood kind of performance, Norwood-esque kind of performance when Norwood's at his best. And we've said for a while, oh God, we're going to miss him when he's gone. If we can get Doyle, if we could sign him, that would be miraculous. But he could quite easily step into Norwood's shoes playing like that week in, week out. It was if, absolutely if, if tremendous. We up, if we do end up going up, that would be the first thing I'd be I'd be looking to do. Get him here for next season. Whether it's whether it's another season long loan, whether it's a permanent signing, I would be that that would be one of the first things I'd be trying to do. Uh, if we can get him, I'd be getting him permanently. Because... As much as we're talking how good he is now, let's be honest about this. He's nowhere near Man City's first team. No. He's not even close to Man City's first team. I think you're right, John. I think if we do go up, I mean, we still don't know who's going to be owning us by that if we do by that time if we do go up. But I, I'd I'd be looking to try and sign him. Get him in because I wouldn't. I would like to have McAtee back as well, and I wouldn't want the two loans to be used on those two because I think we probably need to be very creative with the other one. If we were to get somebody from the Premier League, I think we'd need to get an offensive player in on loan. But I know I know they, you'd argue they both are, but anyway, getting very, very ahead of ourselves with that sort of chat. But just Doyle was very, very good. I thought, very, Doyle, got, I, I thought Doyle got better when he also had some the better players around him. So we saw a lot more of the keeping the momentum going, trying to keep, keep us moving first half. That expansion second half, when he'd got more runners around him in Berger, McAtee playing just in behind, and and you know and Jai. There was no good. real outlet first half for him, was no, there? No, no, no. And that and that comes back to the point. I think that I honestly believe that was tactical. Perhaps we perhaps we were, there was a hope we'd hit more on the break, but I don't think we had enough pace in the side, and and that long ball that get, went up to Sharp in the end, or perhaps down the channels, didn't always come off, and maybe that. Maybe the hope there would be a bit more offered than what we gave, and that sounds like a criticism when we've just beat a Premier League side. It's not, but it's it's just realistic. But that comes back to my point that the tweak then to put someone else supporting up front, you, you then got McAtee in a bit more of a freer role. It, it made a big start. It made a big difference in the way we play. Mm. Yeah, first off, I mean, I, I was a little bit critical of Sharp at half time. Not. Not overly critical, but just I know he's up there feeding on scraps, but it just it seemed to the ball seemed to come back very quickly. But second half, his experience was fantastic. You know, he won us free kicks towards the end. <coughs> he kind of he, he held possession up. He brought other people into play. He ran off. He's running off the ball was really good. He was kind of making good, especially once Njai came on. He was making runs that were opening things up for Njai. 
Um, second half, he was yeah, he was really good. I mean, to a to to a man, they all perform. They either all perform to the best, or even probably outperformed at the expectations we have of them. I think, like for me, you can't really fairly pick a man of the match. Uh, the the two young lads were fantastic, and and like the Koulibaly chance, it's as it's harder than it seemed at the time. If you think about it, like. I think someone today on the Four Blades in a Pub WhatsApp group said, like, nobody in the right mind squares there in a in an FA Cup game. Everyone has a shot. It was obviously just a... Like, he dragged it right. But, but the fact that you've got a central midfielder... You, you that, did, mate. He, he, obviously, obviously, he was playing as a central midfielder, not like a not like a 10 like McAtee. And the fact that we've got him in that position, that, that's got to be a positive. Because, obviously, he got, obviously, the first season went to be a shot um, he got goals for them, and if we've got a central midfielder, all right, he looks possibly a little bit, a little bit inexperienced, a little bit rough around the edges. But if we can hone that over a couple of seasons, and get a midfielder who gets into those sorts of positions and chips in with goals, fantastic. It's exactly. What and, he, and he can only learn from that experience last night, can't he? Yeah. In 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 another, so yeah, you're right. Who's going to shoot? Who's not going to shoot in them in them circumstances? Someone who's not going to shoot is probably someone with a bit more experience that can see he's got a player in the middle unmarked and and, and a tap in. I don't know. I, I, I think he snatched it a little bit, and which is why it ended up where it going where it did. But there's definitely a player there, without a doubt. You can see on the, I see watching back today. You can see see his brain in effect going into overdrive. You know, as he's, with the with the angle that's just behind behind the goal, watching him come on, you can see his. He's kind of thinking, and a little, not a panic, but just kind of cutting two minds. And that touch probably just takes it a bit, bit out. And he snatches, like you say, snatches. But you know, for me, he's a, he's a very tidy, neat footballer with a nice touch of aggression about him. And what what do we make of Brooks? Thought he did well, considering that whatever it was, his second or third touch, he put Lucas Moore in. That could have killed him. That that could have absolutely killed him in the game. And he, but even after that, he still wanted the ball. Um, technically, he looks really good. A couple of times where he showed a, a couple of you know a quick feet to get out of a position or, or roll the ball back into Osborne. He looks like someone who needs to go on loan next season and come back half a stone heavier. You know, it looks like he needs to put half a stone to a stone and muscle on. Because in men's football, he's gonna get he's gonna get bashed about as, as the build he is now. I think that's the big thing I'd remember from him from last night. He just doesn't quite look ready. Like you said, go out on loan to a higher-end League One club or if we're up next season, go to a championship club. Something like that will stand him in good stead because he's clearly got ability. Yeah, he looks technically looks a good footballer. And like I say, he didn't shrink at all. You think you... you is that his debut? Is that, obviously, yeah. he has come on a sub, but is, is that his, his first start. That's his first start. So your first start at home in, in a cup game against Spurs and your third touch, you, you kind of give the ball away and give them a chance to then still bounce back and still want the ball and still be trying to do stuff. The lad's obviously got character. I think Sharp, Sharp showed his experience with that, though. I don't know if you noticed it. I said to my dad straight away, someone needs to go and have a word with him after that. And Sharp were there, like on his shoulder straight away. Right. As if to say, come on, it's gone, let it go, sort of thing. I just yeah. thought it was really good captain. So, like you say, he's, like, to, to make your debut against uh, 
top six Premier League team. You know, you're not going to, you know, it's rare. You might have the odd player who might stand out in that kind of debut, really stand out. But I thought, it, it, like you say, he did try to do a lot of positive things. It didn't all come off, but it's not going to, you know. Um, but yeah, he just probably, he got bounced off the ball once or twice. And like you say, it's that, just that physicality that he, yeah. he perhaps lacks at, at a senior level at the moment. And the first hour of the game that he, he was on, was it an hour he came off at? Something yeah, like that? Yeah. We were, negative probably sounds like a little bit harsh, but we, we weren't being particularly progressive. We weren't cautious, trying cautious to go forward. Probably, probably yeah, 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 cautious, yeah. And, and that's probably not lending itself to a player like him to, to get it stuck in and do the dirty stuff before trying yeah. to break out and show his show his abilities. He'd bent one in... Top bin some thirty yards out for under twenty threes a few days previous, hadn't he? Mm. So like yeah. that's uh, it's it's very it's a very different thing being like one of the bigger players in that team expected to drive it forward to then having to fit into an eleven and and like sort of um, how do I explain this? Sort of like well deliver on a game plan that is a bit more cautious, playing within yourself and stuff not playing the occasion and to come in and do that and be part of that it's it is a good sign and yeah like it might not be ready for like first team football for us for a while but it's it's another good play if you think about him compared to some of the other ones that have come in over the last few seasons and gone out on loan and then we've not heard anything of i think brooks maybe is is held in a bit higher regard than uh, Shariki, for example, if that's however you say it. Uh, Interesting that Heckingbottom's interview, I, can't, I was, I'm guessing it was last night, where they asked him about Brooks and he'd said, we did have another one we wanted to put in, but we couldn't get the registration done in time. We brought a centre-half back off loan, on loan, didn't we? Right, is that right? Because obviously Sash Dev was on the bench, weren't he? Mm. Um, and I just wondered who that might have been. Who was the centre half we brought back? I can't remember. Our Joe said in the pub before the game. Our Joe said we'd we'd brought a centre half back, and he wondered if he might be on the bench. But right, they all it it's a great performance, and it puts it puts us in a really good position to to potentially progress once again by getting Blackburn at home. We had a fantastic result away from home at Leicester. Don't get me wrong, but. If you were good, apart from maybe Grimsby at home, that was the pick of the pick of the bunch we got in terms of ones you'd fancy us, especially being at home. I mean, it shows you what a good what a good performance last night was. The fact that we've been talking for twenty five minutes, we've not actually spoken about the goal or the lad that scored it. That shows you how good the performance was. I was just moving it on then, wasn't I? Completely forgetting about <laughs> like it got like absolutely stunning goal. From a brilliant player, and the best thing about it for me, I was talking to my my dad. Didn't go to bed till half three. He went to the Cremona after the match, then got a taxi home, and then he rewatched the entire match and drank half a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> if, if I could have found it when I got home, I'd have done the same. Yeah, I think he he he's just described it as being one of them nights where you're just proud to be a blade. But like the enjoy the enjoy goal just sets him up now for the running. Yeah. In a, it's just it's absolute chef's kiss of he's had a couple of games where he's not started, not being fired, and then he does that against top opposition. He's going to be chomping at the bit on Saturday. 
I mean, the confidence last night will have given the whole team's a, a big boost for us as a club, but him in particular, having not scored since before Christmas, am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And we've said we've said for a bit he could just do with something going in off his arse, not pirouette through a full top top four's <laughs> defence and slot one past an England international. It just a brilliant, brilliant, magical goal. The one thing that annoyed me reading it back was um, that the BBC Sport described it as poor defending and poor goalkeeping. Well, they're going to. Yeah. So what? The defender has no idea which way he's going to go. When he's got the ball at his feet like that and he's in that kind of mood, nobody can second guess what he's going to do. Well, how does Fraser Forster qualify for England when he's clearly from fucking Easter Island? Have you seen the size of his fucking head? <laughs> his fucking head is enormous. And there's the pod picture that goes out. <laughs> if somebody can do a bit of uh, <laughs> better artwork on that, that's we, we perfect. Whoever was behind Warnock days out to uh, to mock something up there. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, <laughs> no. Unbelievable. Well, I tell you what, if you see the difference between you compare the two, one pl- mm-hmm. one player last night was playing for Boreham Wood three seasons ago and was an absolute unknown until. Kind of, you know, 10 games into last season or five games into last season. The player at the other end of the pitch plays up front for Brazil and has gone for over 100 million in his career. Genuine question, would you swap one for the other? Because I wouldn't. Absolutely not. I thought it was shit. I thought it was an embarrassment. And he's not just, it, it wasn't just shit. It's, it's just everything about him. He's, yeah. he's mardy, he whinges, he throws himself on the floor. Everything that Njai doesn't. You can kick absolute lumps out of Njai. And he comes back for more. He bounces back up. He comes back for more. You, you, you know, you, you break wind near Richarlison. He's rolling about on the floor. It's you couldn't get two two players at the more opposite end of the spectrum. And Jay gets his absolute most out of himself, doesn't he? Yeah. And Richarlison's clearly talented. Clearly, you see that with some of the goals he's scored in the past. But he's just a fucking fanny, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Did you? Um, That's not the pod picture to know. <laughs> did, did anybody else? Did anybody else notice Gary Sinclair's um, announcement of who scored? No, what did he say? A quality goal by a quality player. Uh, which I thought was a nice touch. Okay. Touch, nice. A, touch a class from Gary because the usual tribe that he's on about over the last couple <laughs> of years doesn't want to be fucking air, does it? I was being quite diplomatic, John, but go on then. No, no, like I definitely like fuck off. But like, no, Richarlison's a weird like Richarlison's a weird one because as well, like he's he, he's gonna probably stay at Spurs for another year. Then he'll get another big, reasonable money move somewhere. Someone will fancy him, but his entire career will be one of those players who's never quite at the elite level, and everybody will be saying like, "What if?" It, like it didn't he get a tattoo of himself, Neymar, and the real Ronaldo across his back, like in a Mount Rushmore style? Really? <laughs> I think that's, that's, like, that's like me getting a tattoo of me, Brad Pitt, and George Clooney. Fucking spot the old one out. <laughs> I know. What's George Clooney doing? <laughs> but like, I don't know. I think you know. Uh, I did get a bit nervous when Kane came on. So obviously, Kane's a very good player, and the Spurs weren't Spurs weren't like full full strength, but that eleven's got some serious talent in it. And and 
considering they just beat Chelsea on Sunday, the tails would have been up. Oh, Saturday or whenever they beat him. Yeah. Too busy counting Chelsea's players to know when it was. But like, was it not the the, the that Spurs? It might be the first eleven, but had over six hundred international caps between them. Yeah, yeah, they probably have, aren't they? There's a, there's a lot of lot of internationals in that. So even even for a second string side, there were a yeah. lot of internationals in that side, and a lot of and a lot of money being spent on that side. I mean, I was taking the mic, but like he's that. Uh, Spicy Pedro that they've signed, he's only on loan from Sporting, but I think it's one of them that's with a view to signing. Obviously, Davis will have played 50 games for Wales at least, I would hazard a guess at. I'm not quite familiar with how many times Davison Sanchez has, has played for Colombia, but I, I would hazard knocking on the door with that. I bet um, Eric Dyer's got 15. They do 24 World Cup qualifiers every two years. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Dyer will, Dyer will be up around 50 England caps. Hoybier is like... He's, he's a good, in fairness, Hoybier is a good footballer. He, he's one of the first good names on, on team sheet for Denmark, isn't he? Perisic yeah. will have beat... I, wouldn't be I, bet he's under, I bet he's 100 plus caps for Croatia. Absolutely. I was going to say the same. Son will play every single game for, for South Korea and if he's fit. Lucas Moura must have played for Brazil. I don't think he starts particularly, but then you go on the bench. Eric Dyer's got 49 England caps. There you go. And Sanchez, 51 Colombian caps. Just just come into us, lads. Look at that, eh? Like a fountain of international cap knowledge. Make Korean career appearances. Uh, And on that note... <laughs> Perisic, has note, Perisic has got 123 Croatian caps. Uh, believe it or not, this pod isn't researched in any way whatsoever. You hell. might or might not notice. Uh, by the way, talking about Harry Kane coming on, how's he missed that? <laughs> talking about Harry Kane coming on, that shit Billy Sharp is up there with <laughs> champions of Champions of League One. You'll never sing that. That that's up there with, with Brilliant, one of the best chants. And then it reminds me, what was that bit of commentary? Is it how's Harry Kane missed that? Who cares? Yeah, it's uh, Kula, Kulisevsky and and um, and Dan Juma and no mugs coming off the bench there either. They're full blown international yeah. attacking players that are coming this off. This is not this, this is this is not us beating a all right, it's a second string side, but it's not <laughs> the no mugs, are they? There's still some oh, yeah. talent in there. It, they're a second string side, but so are we. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. and that's yeah. and that's so it's brilliant. We're going to go into a very, very big game on Saturday with people like McBurney and Jebison are having a full rest, um, ready to go. Norwood having a full rest. Egan not because he was rested because he got too many bookings, but like he he just bodes so well. Bogle obviously didn't play last night. It's just. There's so many positives to come out of it. And we haven't even really touched about Bashenbauer rolling back the years and doing some uh, Southampton-esque kind of skills like he did all those years ago. I was going to text people at halftime and I didn't. I mentioned before we came on, I thought last night stunk of that Southampton game where we won in the Cup, where they they had a good side out, we were a bit patched up and somehow we managed to win. And... Last night, it was very... Absolute sick. screamer from uh, Martin Nolte. <laughs> well, if you don't remember it, ask his dad. He'll fill you in. But, like, 
Um, and if you don't remember it, ask his dad, he'll fill you in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, God. He, um, I think the other thing that struck me last night when the, when the draw filled, because there's all Gary Sinclair where just went Blackburn home. And what, does that mean Blackburn had been drawn at home the first out, Gary? Because then he started listing all the other ties. So then you realise that we got Blackburn. But obviously it's 30 years this month since Blackburn and the shootout in the quarterfinal yeah. at Bramall Lane. It's also 30 years today since we beat Spurs 6-0 at home. Yeah, yeah. These are all, uh, the, the stars are aligning, clearly. So question question for you then, because when I, when I was on Football Heaven earlier tonight, Adam Oxley posed a question that was the most horrible question he could pose, which was, do you, do you want to win against Blackburn? You've got a choice. Win against Blackburn on Saturday in the league or a win against Blackburn in the cup quarterfinals? You can only have oh, one. For me, for me, that's easy. I, I put something on Twitter yesterday saying it's probably the least important big game that we've had in a very long time. And I still stand by that with the point I was trying to make. This is different this time. We could draw to Blackburn on Saturday. We could even lose and we're still second clear with the game in hand. Beating them, getting to Wembley again. It's just a no-brainer. I don't... I'm, I'm torn. In the, yes, in, in the in the bigger picture, a win against Blackburn at the weekend is probably more important for the future of the club because that could be one of the wins that seals promotion and earns us 90 million and at the minute we don't know what's happening with the takeover if we don't go up I think potentially there's some problems ahead if we don't get taken over so yes but you're right how many times do you potentially get to play in an FA Cup semi-final um, I don't know yeah 100% when I get a fucking Wembley course to do because I'm a football fan. Does, that, watch... does that include beating Blackburn on penalties? Are we classing that as a win? Or are we, are we, it was, did Adam, was Adam like within 90 minutes? Can we, can we caveat <laughs> that by saying 90 he minutes? He wasn't, he wasn't caveating anything. I caveated my answer. I said, if you can guarantee we get to a final by beating Blackburn and we, we're going to get a semi final, then I'll take the cup. But right now, head, head says you need to win in the league because that secures the financial security of the club. If yeah. you win, it's nice to go to Wembley for a semi-final, but I've been there, done that, bought, bought several T-shirts. I'd quite, you know, I'd like to see United in a cup final in my lifetime. And I'd like to see Jack Robinson to be the this generation's John Pemberton by absolutely twatting a penalty in, in off the in, in <laughs> off the roof of the net. Because if there's if there's one player in the squad that it's, does everything as hard as he possibly can. It's Jack Robinson, isn't it? Yeah. I I think you've got to go to Wembley because all it takes is the two Manchester clubs to be... If you beat Blackburn, the two Manchester clubs are drawn against each other and then you're up against a team, say we're playing Brighton, really, really fucking good side, but it's 90 minutes. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust the FA in their warm balls enough for that. <laughs> Well, We've got to remember if we if we do beat Blackburn and draw City with two players down straight away. Yeah, uh, almost right. So well, that's just put a downer on the end of it. I thought I was being the negative. It's a good job we've not got Cadra still on loan then from Brighton. Otherwise, we'd, sh- we'd be shitting ourselves about him. <laughs> what do we think about the rearranged West Brom game? I think that actually helps because it means he's played midweek and he can yeah. have a bit. 
it's quite a long time before the game. That's what I mean. It's like a second to last game of the season now or something like that. I think that's quite sensible. I think that's all right because there's a good chance if we if we get if we hit a bit of form now, it could be done and dusted by then. It might not be as big a game by that stage. I know that's kind of wishful thinking and getting in front, but with two, you'd like to think the position we're in now, with two games to go, we'll be sort of. Equally, they could be, and it's tight, I know, at the minute, but equally they could be out of the picture for the playoffs or securing the playoffs and not really risking. Yeah, yeah they could be starting to rotate players for, for, for playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, it's all very positive, but uh, we John's did... got one of his balls out. John's got warm balls, like they say. Yeah, I've got... Yeah, I'll, I'll caveat that by saying John has got a fork with a turkey meatball on it. Yeah, I'm just, just going to check the seasoning because we were working to a strict time tonight. And I've got a, a very hungry lady in the other room who isn't going to be best pleased if uh, I take much longer. With not, don't want to see me. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just. I didn't realise turkeys had balls that big. To be honest, <laughs> they do. Is that bell, John? Is it hot now? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> He's got past a can. <laughs> no, it's good. Basically. Um, turn the Blackburn then, boys, to finish off. What we th- what we saying Saturday? Who won? Say that again, Dad. Sorry. Two two one United. I would have said two one United. I'll take a draw, but I think the boost of that result, even though it won't involve half the same team will be felt throughout the club. Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a massive amount of confidence we'll get from that. I, I think it'll be a score draw. Which is I'm not, up. which again, not the worst result in the world. No, no God, no. I'd absolutely take that. But uh... I think we're going to win 3-1. I think it'll be a really top performance and it'll set the tone for the next couple of weeks where we're going to hit a bit of form again. And I'm delighted about it. Before we go anywhere, I want to say that, and I want you all to hold me to account to this and everyone on Twitter as well, that if we do lose a couple of games, as last night shown, I'm not going to be as harsh on some of the players as I maybe have in the few weeks. Because looking back, we've only dropped a couple of results. And then beating Watford due to Phil's optimism and then like that performance the other night, these players deserve mine and every other United fan support all the way through till the end of the season and we fingers crossed we're playing in the Premier League next year and we might get one and who knows even two trips to Wembley if we turn up fuck that that. it's every blade's god given right to massively overreact to every every (laughs) tiny bit of adversity so fuck that if we lose two games they're all wanking a bottom needs sacking okay well you can choose to follow my <laughs> or Dan's or something in the middle uh, because, yeah, there's the, you can do what you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do because um, that would make me a dickhead. So there you go. But I ask you to hold me to account. I won't tell anyone else what to do. But, yeah, fantastic win. And let's hope we get another three points on Saturday in the quest 
to be playing the likes of Spurs at home every week for a season at least. That was great. And there's only one thing to say. Up the blades. Up the blades. Up the turkey meatball blades. Up the blades. Up the